All right, guys, good to have you back here with Mr. Gary Hale. Hard to believe that we're already in December. Um, and so we thought it would be great to give kind of a year-end recap of ministries and goings-on here at EBM. And so um, I don't know. What, if you, do you got statistics, Gary? Do, do, do we, do we, <laughs> what are, what are we going to share with them? A lot of good stuff happening, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff is happening. I think from the church level, you know, we've seen an increase of baptisms and church memberships uh, yeah. this year. I don't have the exact stats for that. Probably would have been good for this podcast. But, you know, I think one thing we did at the beginning of this year that, that I really liked, and I'd kind of taken the idea from uh, a pastor friend in, in the States, but it was the way he structured the uh, annual meeting to be the annual business meeting Mm -hmm. uh, to be more of a vision casting okay type of opportunity for the church and so because we have sort of this congregational um uh congregational led sort of uh you know structure so that you know the congregation is involved on certain decisions and all that we have to have a certain amount of you know, business meetings. Well, years ago, we changed, we took the business out of it and said administrative meetings. It was, I mean, you know, okay, it's tomato, tomato. It, it's semantics. I get it. Um, but we just, I just felt really uncomfortable saying business meeting. Right, okay. Yeah. Although we're conducting business, I get it. You don't have to argue with me. I got it. Uh, but I just like, let's just phrase that administrative meeting. We're taking care of administrative things. So we did that years ago. Okay. So one of the things that I had, that had bothered me was how we did the administration meetings, um, you know, because we do a Sunday morning service, it meant that we either had to invite people back on Sunday night or we had to do it. And what we tried to do is do them right after the service on Sunday morning. That's rough. That's rough. And if you take away the Sunday morning service, people that come to church are like, I didn't come to church for, you know, to watch numbers. Right. And that's the other thing. Uh, I saw that, you know, because we have to kind of present where we're at on our finances and all that, I found that even though we took the business out of it, there tended to be this, it still seemed to be uh, weighted to, okay, here's where we are on the general account. Here's where we're in missions count. This is what we spend on monthly you know, this is what we're bringing in. This is what's going out and all that. It's just all business numbers. I mean, numbers and okay. It can get boring real quick. Right. And you're showing stewardship, but here's the thing. People lose sight of why these numbers are important. Right. Because, because without that ministry. And so in thinking on this, uh, you know, we'd been thinking about this for a few years. How can we reframe this? So this year, we reframed this in January, and the feedback was was really wonderful. You know, we we decided that okay, on a Sunday night in January, we would invite the church back. We would have uh, a meal, so we had like a lasagna meal, and then we will give them an update first on ministry. What? How are yeah. we doing on ministry? I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was good. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, it was, I, I enjoyed it too, because I, it all, it's finally seemed like it clicked and it made sense. And mm-hmm. I think the people, it made clicked and it made sense. Mm-hmm. And so then we just said, okay, here's where we are. And so we walked through, uh, we walked through, you know, the ministries of the church. We walked through, okay, here's how we did with membership or, or baptisms and all that. And so we tried to frame like, here's where we are. Uh, here's some indicators of, of growth, and uh, here's what we want to do. And then we did have the financials in there, but it made a whole lot more sense, I felt like, at when you 
after you've explained the ministry, and then you say, okay, now here's, here's, where, here's where the funds go to. Here's, here's where, where things the things are right. Here's what we need to improve. This here's is why we, we need to. it because we've seen growth here. We've seen growth there. So therefore we've got to invest in this. And I think, and I'm convinced that we assume that our people, we think because we've said it, we've said it once. Well, yeah, but you've said it once. And not only do people forget or people sometimes distort the message or you have people that come in after you said it the one time, uh, and they don't, they've never heard it. So you, I think you have to teach and reteach and reteach and reteach. And I think the minist- administrative meeting, uh, so, th- you know, we're trying to get to, I'm only in January now, but, you know, just trying to say, you know, here's a cool, that kind of set us in a direction. This is what we want to try to do this year. And, uh, yeah, we threw out, so we just threw out some, 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 some numbers on, hey, we would like to increase, you know, our baptisms. I know people take that to the extreme. I felt like we were on the other extreme. Yeah, we, we are just not pushing no, for it. We are not by any stretch of the imagination yeah. an easy, what I would call easy believism. Yeah. Pray this prayer and hold my hand, and and you're on your way to heaven. By any stretch of the imagination, our our discipleship is not geared that way. Uh, yeah. None of that. In fact, um, I, I hate to use the word vetting, but this, our discipleship is really kind of a vetting time to see whether or not their decision was was genuine or not. Not to judge them, but maybe right. they didn't understand correctly. So there's, you know, I feel like yeah, we don't. No. We're not. We're not uh, inflating numbers. Uh, we're not a numbers driven. But at the same time, I think you can get. Uh, apathetic, you can, you yeah. You get apathetic, and you say, eh, you know, and, and so yeah, we should be pushing. We should be because there is something wrong if we are sharing the gospel. Uh, at least in this context, I would say. You know, I understand different places in the world, but in this context, uh, we should be seeing people saved. Right. We should be yeah. seeing people go through baptism, and we should see people getting involved in discipleship or small group. And so, if if you're not willing to look at that and say, well, are they? Uh, well, in some areas, yes, maybe some areas, no, whatever. And so, and so that annual meeting allowed us to kind of frame that. So now we're starting to develop a baseline of, okay, yeah. so here's what we are. So this January, we'll look at it. I think we'll be, I think we'll be pleasantly surprised overall, um, about, wow, look what God did as we sort of made sure that we made the main thing, the main thing. And, and we kind of know where we're going and what we're trying to do. And so I, I think we'll see some, some good things. So in the year in review for the church, I think the administrative meeting really helped us uh, kind of frame the year mm-hmm. and kind of frame in uh, the direction. Okay, uh, so that's a good thing. Um, I think you know we've been able to pay a significant da- amount down on the new building purchase, and uh, I was telling you I think on the other podcast, you know we're hopeful that uh, I think we're within a year. Uh, that I get, I got to get the final numbers this weekend, but I just got a confirmation of my numbers that I sent to the the. The, the people who loaned us the the money to you know to buy the building and we're on the same page and so I just gotta you know finalize the numbers but I, I think we're within a year of paying this off. Good. That's wonderful. Why is that wonderful? Because it opens us up to put the money back into the direct ministry. Yeah. Which, you know we've got an assistant pastor that is working full time over at the school, but the church can't pay him. Right now, right. because we we've got so much tied up in this building purchase, which is great. We have ministries happening nearly daily. We've got good ministries going on. It's a great asset, but it is limiting what we can do in our ministry. So, I mean, as far as uh, you know, staffing. So, being able to bring our assistant pastor for the time, uh, then being able to pour back into uh, the regular ministries that we have. And uh, just be have that uh, margin that we don't have right now. Mm-hmm. And so as we start to think uh, and ahead of time, uh, I've already had a meeting with um, 
with the deacons and, you know, we're talking about from a church standpoint, you know, uh, the idea of eventual chapels and things like that, that we will start out from, uh, you know, EBIM at some point. Well, again, that's all predicated upon having the resources and right. the, the personnel, because not just resources, it's the it's having the people personnel. that are, yeah. And I, and I would say over this last year, I'm excited about the growth I've seen. I've seen, um, you know, university students, like from my perspective, it was a little bit hard to get rolling to begin with, with COVID, the masks and all that kind of stuff. We started to meet before they dropped all the requirements, but, but everybody still had the masks on and stuff. Because so that was, a, was until February right. of this year. It was pretty prohibitive still. Right. Um, and then here there was, um, there was a cultural aspect of that, that even though the masks were don't have to wear them anymore. Didn't have to have the vaccine, all that kind of stuff. Then even after that, there were still a lot of people who did wear them all the time. So there was, but I think, you know, there's, I would say a core group, small core group of university students. So funny. Cause I can have one week where I have like three and I can have another week where I have like 13. It's just, it's right. just the nature of, um, but I really feel like I've seen some, some, I don't want to say measurable growth. Cause I don't like to say that that sounds legalistic, but I've just, I've seen some interest. Let's say that I've seen some questions and some things that say to me that they're, they're catching stuff and, and moving in a direction. And yet, you know, anytime you disciple somebody, you know, this is true that it's like a, it's like a car learning, learning to drive a, a stick shift, you know, it's kind of that jerky back and forth kind of thing. You know, you yeah. see them move up a little bit, then they get freaked out and they step back a little bit and then they move up a little bit and then they, but I, I really see some movement there. Um, I feel too, uh, I love the idea you mentioned about the chapels and stuff yeah. eventually because coming out of COVID, um, you know, I, and I don't want to judge because I have found out too that there's a lot of people here involved in ministries that I never knew that they were involved in or didn't even know yeah. that they existed. So, yeah. you know, you can't sit out here on a sunny morning and look across the room and be like, well, that person needs to get busy because you really don't know. Maybe that person is busy. You just don't know what they're busy in. Yeah. But I, th- I think you could say on a percentage level, we do have people who do come, who like to raise their hands in worship, who like to come sit and listen. But as far as going out and do anything after the service, there's not, you know, and I don't know what percentage that would be. Um, I would probably say below 50% because I know we got a lot of people super involved as, as I look around. But so let's just say we've got 30% of the people yeah. we need to kind of encourage 30, 40% of the people. So, but I also see through this last year that through your preaching, um, and I'm not just saying that to pat you on the back. I've just, I've seen, um, I think we'll call it the unintended blessing of COVID. COVID showed us who we really were. Yeah. COVID showed us who was really, really plugged in and what, if it was a sacrifice, if they were willing to make that sacrifice and, and, um, you know, and so maybe we, we took some losses to a certain extent during that time. Maybe some people who just never came back, but who were maybe more faithful in the past. But I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing because there is a price, you know, there is no, there's no cost to salvation, but there is a price to follow Jesus. Yeah, sure. And where that line is between just receiving Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus, that's a big theological discussion, probably for another whole podcast. But, you know, you can't receive him without being surrendered to him, you know. And so I see, in my opinion, just the way things over this last year, from my perspective, from people I've talked to, conversations I've had, uh, whether it was, you know, um, in the bus with Marco coming back from the States, we went this summer or uh, Mercy asking me questions about um, dealing with somebody about theistic evolution and the age theory and that kind of stuff. Not huge things, but it's people who are like looking for the tools, looking for the things so they can minister on a, on a different level. And so for me, 
Man, that's exciting. That's exciting to see that. That's to me, that's tangible growth. And again, I don't, like you said, we're not the numbers kind of people. Um, and you know, mercy's not going out in the street and doing seminars on the street corner about, you know, why theistic evolution or, you know, the day age theory is wrong, but she's, she's looking to minister to somebody she's digging and, and I get to be a part of that process, but it also gives me kind of this, this thousand foot view of ministry that's going on. And so you take that and then you pair that with what we were just talking about, our new Semca launch and how we're, we're really trying to gear that towards um, really from the most basic brand new believer, giving you five classes that are just your absolute basis for functioning in the Christian life. And then if you're willing to go level two, then we'll take you to second base and, and we'll go through the whole you know, scripture from one end to the other. We'll help you see Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. And then third, man, if you're still in this thing and you, you want to pour in other people, hey, we'll give you the practical tools of ministry and understand church administration and cross-cultural ministry and stuff. Because guess what? Even, even in Dominican culture, there's other cultures too, Haitian yeah, cultures sure. and whatnot. And so, and then man, if you really want to keep going, we'll, we'll put you in an apprenticeship. You'll get to, you will get to put to, to practice everything you've learned. I just see this whole kind of a snowball effect taken in, uh, yeah. this last year. And so I'm excited about it because it's like, as you step back, it's everything's I don't know how to explain this and I don't want this to sound wrong. Have you ever been in a ministry where it's like everything's bumping and rolling, but it just doesn't seem like everything's connecting. I don't know if that makes sense. Like the, Oh, good. That was a good message. Oh yeah. But it didn't really have anything to do where I feel like just just come back, you know, from the summer, you guys are going through the book of acts or we're going through the book of acts. This is the practical expansion of the gospel. And so there's so many things that are so relevant to this expansion mentality that we're trying to have and move towards and the motivating of people to get involved in the work of the gospel, the work of the Great Commission. And so I see this big, cohesive um, yeah. snowball starting to form. And I also see, to a certain extent, now that's no, nobody's like jumping up and down and running the aisles, but I, I'm seeing a little bit of excitement there too. Like, hey, yeah, I want to be a part of that or, you know. Yeah. We, we've had our bumps. We've had our, we had some losses. I mean, a good friend of mine who I try to kill, still keep in touch with, who was baptized this last year. He just doesn't come to church faithfully. But man, Satan's out doing, you know, working full time too, you know? And, um, I'm still his friend because when he hits that crisis of faith moment, You're he's still Satan's friend? Huh? You're still Satan's no, friend? No, not Satan's friend. Okay. I still, still this guy's yeah. friend. Yeah. <laughs> Hope Satan doesn't. I hope that. I hope that's not on his resume. Satan's resume. <laughs> friends with Jason. Friends uh, with uh, no, you know I'm still friends with him. I yeah. get a phone call from him now and then. I'll send him a message now. Hey, yeah. dude, what's up? You know, um, because that's the other side of ministry. That's hard to see that people you love or poured into. And but you know what I love? He he's a DJ. He does music stuff. And he was at my neighbor's house about I don't know three weeks ago. And I get a phone call. Hey, dude, I'm sitting out in front of your house. So got my boys, went around that and just went and chatted with him for, you know, I didn't beat him up. Didn't he knows, he knows, uh, he has a, he has a connection point back. Right. Yep. And he knows that he went to the hospital this last year with some, some, some bleeding in his leg. And I went and hung out with him for a little bit, gave him a ride home afterwards. And so he knows those things. He knows he's got a friend. So so there are losses and that's fair to say there are losses, um, in some sense, as far as uh, church life or ministry life. But then there have been these, uh, these successes or these, these wins, uh, these additions. And, uh, you know, we see that at the church, there is an excitement. Uh, for me, I think, as I think, 
I think in the church anniversary in August, when I was introduced to Romy, I still have that in uh, Romy is a is a lady who had been visiting our church for several years and hadn't placed her faith in Christ. And so she receives the Lord, I guess it was the anniversary service. And so she's all excited. She was, you know, just smiling ear to ear. And so um, not that that makes it more genuine, but you know what I'm saying. She, totally. She was, you know, she just really uh, uh, was excited about this this step. And, um, you know, then somebody from the women's small group comes over, and, you know, the older uh, lady who is has been faithful in doing her small group and she puts her arm around her and says, pastor, I'm going to disciple her. And so that's great. So then, you know, uh, a little bit of time passes and, you know, she is ready. Not only is she inviting people to church, but, you know, she's ready to, you know, go through the waters of baptism and do that. And so, and she's faithful. Uh, she's not only being discipled, but she's also part of the small group. So she's integrating with the body. You know, a new believer is integrating with the body and now is reaching out and bringing people to church with her. And so it's like, yeah, that's, this is what it's all about. It's yeah. not all that complicated. Um, but it's just when, when somebody comes alive and, and then has direction and yes. how to, yeah. you know, how to, how to walk with the Lord. And so, uh, you know, those types of, uh, you know, and then Francisco, we talked about that in another podcast, sure. know, a guy that we met this past year. So there's been salvations. There've been people that have kicked it up a notch or two yep. in their, in their, in their walk and their seriousness, their commitment. Uh, and so, yeah. And I think that uh, I just see across the ministry, um, we're just in a we're in a real good season. You know, we've had up and down seasons, yeah, but, well, but we're in a good season. Well, even though, but let's go back to the word losses. I don't I don't yeah. know if I'd even call them losses. They they're still bridges built. In other words, yeah, our our philosophy of ministry is not like well, if you don't want to come to church, if you're I'm not, write you off. yeah, the, we're just gonna you know we we really can't associate with you because you you know you're not you're faithful fired. to the. Yeah. <laughs> we're not the kind of yeah, Donald Trump. You're fired. Um, <laughs> Oh, that sounds more like Mark Palmer, but anyway, yeah, yeah. no, we're not, that's not the way, but because we still keep those bridges open, yeah. we still keep that. So I don't see my friend as a loss. I see him as he's somewhere along the line, God's got to yeah. rattle his cage. And so, and, but he's going to need somebody who, when he gets his cage rattled, he goes, Oh, who can I talk to? And then we get to be that person because we built that relationship with yeah, him. So, yeah, good point. um, and, and again, I think too, because I guess the the old fundy way would have been to separate from somebody like that. Well, you know, he's just not fit. He didn't, you know, he, he put his hand to the plow and, you know, whatever the case may be and walked away, whatever the case may be, he's not somebody to be abandoned. He's somebody to be loved and invested yeah, in. And, sure. and he still can be, have a handshake, handshake or a hug in the, in the street and just yeah, encourage yeah. him and challenge him. And, and it's so funny cause I don't have to say a word. He's like, yeah, I'm going to really, every time I see him, I'm going to really try to get there this Sunday. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, well, dude, there's, we're waiting for you, man. We're, we got a seat yeah. for you. So it's like record um, and repeat. I think, uh, I think on other aspects of the ministry, I mean, you know, the school keeps, uh, you know, going down the track. I mean, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. I mean, the school is, uh, they build a new wing. Um, and you know, they're, they're at the capacity. Uh, kids are still being educated. Uh, you so, know, there's ups and downs there. But So yeah. I'm going to take a five-minute brag here. Is that yeah. okay? Yeah, I'm going to take a five-minute brag. I won't brag on my wife. Yeah, okay. Um, Sarah was not trained in education. Actually, she never did. She was studying nursing and then got very involved in ministry with her dad and never got to finish her nursing degree. So she doesn't, she doesn't have a degree. She came in, and she was uh, looked at teaching Los Palmas would help Keep, you know, put my kids through school and all that kind of stuff. And so she thought it'd be a great opportunity, but she has really 
grab the bull by the horns. And um, she has got a discipleship she does on Wednesdays with, I think, three different girls. And she's been telling me about the stuff they've been saying. Um, just the way she prays, but prays that God will get a hold of their hearts. And it's just like, or um, one of the girls the other day who's still not a believer, and she's very honest, she's not a believer. She's like, but you know, but God told me this. And it wasn't some outlandish thing. It was like, God told me I needed to give this up to him, you know? And so I'm, I'm super proud of her on that. We run a little bus route on Sunday mornings now because we, <laughs> so when I come in for music ministry, she goes and picks up two or three girls who go to school over there. And so we run them home after church on, on Wednesdays or on Sundays, I mean. So I, I'm, I'm proud of her on that. She's looking to have them over to the house and just do, you know, all right, buzz or something like that. So I just, I think she's done, not only that, she just had a review I'm bragging. But she just had a review and basically was told that they couldn't believe that she wasn't trained in education because she's she's done a really, 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 really good job awesome. over there. So I'm proud of her. And I'm, I love the mixture of the two. In other words, she's given a quality education to these kids, right. yeah. but she incorporates every day the spiritual into yeah. it too. And so yeah, uh, I think I think what she's doing in the classroom sets her sets herself up for that discipleship oh, yeah. and that mentorship. I mean, if, if she wasn't in the classroom, now you can, that doesn't mean that she needs to stay there for the rest of her life, but in the sense of it's setting up the work that she's, all that that she puts into is a ministry in itself, but then it also just really opens up a sort of like a second level type ministry, oh, yeah. you know, away from the classroom, away from the school. Well, we'll have that. I mean, that's been kind of a struggle for us. Um, I, Semka's my university students in Semka are my two main focuses. Um, and she wants to eventually be more, way more involved in Semka with me, with the, with the, the seminary. And so that's actually been a little bit of a struggle for me because it seems like my ministry stuff goes in spurts. When I'm in class, man, it consumes me. I study all day long. Yeah. You know, I'm giving classes. There's that interaction. I come home exhausted, but I'm just like, whew, this is all, you know, people are, I love seeing people connect and understand and apply and all that kind of stuff. But then, but then we went home this summer, so we couldn't have classes when we came back. So like my investment, when I do it, it's like pedal to the metal. It's everything. It's all I got. But then I go sometimes a couple months at a time where it just is not, I don't get that engagement. Um, and so that's been a little bit of a struggle for us, not like major depression or anything, but for me, I guess you could say. But then God uh, gave us recently, now it's been a little bit more work for Sarah, but we are discipling a Venezuelan couple who's living in Chile now. Uh, we're just going through some some marital problems and stuff. And so uh, we just started discipling them on Wednesday night. So um, it just overall, both personal ministry-wise and also you know, overall EBIM uh, ministry, I'm, I'm very excited for what I've seen this year. I think we really could put a finger on a pulse of tangible uh, spiritual growth where you just see people uh, moving in the right direction and, and having that desire. And uh, so that's from, from my perspective, at least, and I'm excited. And I think that, that as we move towards the chapel idea is another whole level because now as I look at my job as a missionary, and I, I think I've shared this with you. I'll never forget having a meeting right before I left. And this older fellow who's now the national pastor said, you need to understand your job. And I said, well, what, what do you mean? He said, well, you're here. You're part of us. You're, you're with us. You're, you're, the, you're the gringo solano. You're the, you're the Venezuelan gringo. He says, but you understand your job is here to teach and, and give us you know, the tools. But he said, then we need to use those tools. And so I see that here too, is I'm here to, yes, I work alongside. I'm not any better or, or whatever than anybody yeah, yeah. else, but 
giving them them tools and then seeing them minister in their own culture context that they understand on so many levels better than I do. They can go sit in the park here and talk about the most basic cultural things that happen in their homes that I wouldn't know a thing about. And yet it could be a connection point for them. And it would take me years, 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 years to, Oh, you guys do that as a tradition. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It's just little, little things that are just like we take for granted in the States that we do as traditional things and connect us automatically to another gringo. I mean, there's a fly who's just buzzing me like, well, I, I think, I mean, I see what you're saying, and I agree. I think it also there's an a- aspect of it that um, you can just, uh, you're multiplying your your impact. It's it's sort of like, uh, you know, Pastor Carlos preached uh, from Acts 13. And you, know, you have those guys in, at Antioch that are from different areas, different regions, and they're all in the church, and they're they're teaching, and they're helping the, the church grow. The, uh, the disciples are called first are called Christians first at Antioch. Right. I mean, you've got this multi, and so that's obviously different cultures that are mixed in there. But here God comes in and says, hey, separate me, you know, Saul and Barnabas for the work that I've called to them, and it's a missionary work. And so Antioch kind of becomes the base as, you know, works go out. Now, you know, in that particular setting and culture and all that kind of stuff, it wasn't, uh, I mean, this might be a different podcast. It wasn't necessarily uh, under Antioch's, you know, they weren't doing a chapel. They were going to different cities and all this kind of stuff. But I think just getting, I mean, to your point of getting, of training and getting more people and unleashing them to, to be able to, whether it's here or there, it's like I was having a meeting um, this, this week with Pastor Carlos. And I said, look, um, you know, eventually, as we get stuff started out from here, it's not to neglect here. Uh, I mean, here where we're at, as far as okay, this is a point of contact with the community and our church body that gathers here uh, to meet in small groups and all that. It's not an either or. It should never be an either or. It should no, be no, a, no. It should be a both and. No, this church will always need to be strong. It needs to be strong with people, with resources, with with opportunities to to connect the community. But it's but it, it's it, it's also an and yes, that we yes, also need yeah. to go out and and be in other areas. I don't believe too. in evolution, but I believe it's the missing link. I really do believe it's yeah. a missing link. And I guess going back to what I was saying too about in form, we're the same and function. We're a little bit different and yeah. understanding what the form is like form form wise. It's, I can have somebody over me in the ministry, but my yeah. function as a missionary yeah. is to help prepare people. Correct. And, and, and so, but I think the issue is, um, and I think we're addressing this and this is what I love with the, the stepping out mentality now is that is the ultimate fulfillment of the great commission. And see in Semca, what I'm hoping is going to happen. This is, this is, you and I have had this conversation. Yeah. I've talked to the Omaris. I've talked to other people, uh, Carlos Rijo. What happens? Okay. So God, we feel like God's moving us into ministry. We take that step out. We step into ministry. Then all of a sudden we can get ourselves in a situation. We go, Ooh, this is, this is, this, wow. I need to know more about this. Right whether it's Christian counseling or doctrine or old Testament theology or whatever it is. So I go, well, okay. So what do I do? I go to Kindle and I buy me a, you know, I find a good book that's recommended and I, I form a biblical view of this thing based on three or four or five different books. And I've, I've got enough of a framework from going to college that I know kind of how to eat the meat and spit out the bones and go, eh, I don't necessarily. So that's, but, but it's because ministry and the needs of ministry force me into that. Well, that's my desire for Simca. That's, and so now when you take the element of the, the chapel, well, hopefully what's going to happen is even if somebody's not taking a Semca class, cause they just don't have time, quote unquote, but they're going to start and be a part of the chapel. And then somebody hits them with a question they can't answer. 
they're going to go, Hey, maybe I need to pop into one of them right. Semco classes. And cause I really need this. And so I see right. the big, the big picture coming together now, because if they're never really pushed and they're never in that situation, well, they can enjoy their small group. Well, they can, they can right. do all these, they can be a, a participant, but they're never forced into a place where they're actually squeezed. And once they start to get squeezed is when they're going to have to make the decision. Am I serious about this? Or am, am, is it, am I, do I just want to keep sitting yeah. in the same chair every week? Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I think, you know, and that Simca, that, that seminary piece uh, is uh, is very important for that to, in order to prepare those uh, those people that would uh, be led to get involved in outreach beyond beyond our church. And and again, it it's not a it's not an either or. It's not a, well, if you're on an outreach, you're a better Christian than those that are just here no, involved no, in no. ministry. But it's but there should be that that outreach will affect just like it does back home. In our churches, churches that are missions minded, sure. that are that have a a a sense of uh, a sense of calling and compassion toward those in their city, and they do things to actively minister to those people, it affects the church. And then those that also have that sense of, hey, we need to be involved in the Great Commission, uh, you know, across the world too, and they and they give and they do that. I mean, it can it can be. It doesn't have to either or. You know, when we create those uh, dichotomies, when we create the either ors, the well, many times that doesn't work. See, I want to be so careful here because I don't want to. I don't want to step on anybody's toes on either side of the spectrum on this one. Yeah. But we went through a moment in in well, I don't know what you call it, Christianity, church history, fundamental fundamental Christianity, where education was everything. To a certain extent, I think it's still there. Um, people are not. There's certain groups or areas of churches where you know people are not hired based on the fact of they know how to connect with people and share the gospel. It's because they have a certain number of letters behind their name or certain completion of education, not discounting education at all. I think we had to continue. Um, my wife jokes with me all the time. She said, if, if you got a credit for every book you read about stuff you've done in the ministry, you should have your doctorate by now. It's okay. The flip side of it is Jesus used fishermen <laughs> probably out of the whole mess. Matthew was the most educated out of the whole group of guys that he used. And so Sometimes we create this silent list of requirements within the church that somebody can't be used unless they're, and that's so I love what we're doing, even with Semka, is we're not saying, hey, you have to have, you have to have this degree or you can't be used. No. You want the basics, we'll give you the basics. We'll send you away with a little certificate that says you've done the basics and you can start, you know, not that you couldn't witness before, but now you're going to witness with confidence. And now you can start, you understand a little bit about, about hermeneutics and how to interpret the Bible correctly. Okay. Well, you want to go to the next? Okay. So you, you really want to start studying some theology here. You want to get a little bit deeper and understand how these things apply. So I love, again, it's, it's, it's that it's not the, well, you're useless unless you go through all, you know, four years of our program. You just can't do anything. No, Loser. it's, it's more like, no, God can use you wherever you at. We want right. to give you the tools so that you're, and then hopefully, you know, hopefully, why do you think they, at the mall, they stand out in front of the, the Chinese food place and hand you little, little, you know, pieces of chicken on a toothpick? Cause they want you to come back and buy, you know what I'm saying? They want to hit that appetite. They want you to go, Oh, that orange chicken, very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of what we're wanting to do here with Semka is I'm handing out little pieces of orange chicken outside the door and I'm hoping it's going to, it's going to, you know, so again, pulling it all back in big picture. I love, I love what I feel like the momentum we picked up this year losses. I wouldn't call them losses. We've invested. There was no loss there. 
Um, we hope that God works in a way to bring those people around, but we also understand that he gives them, gives them the free will. And so um, we know that he will put pressure on them for sure, that they would surrender to him. Um, but they ultimately have to make that decision. And so, um, but man, I'm excited. I'm ready for this next, you know, level that we move into, uh, with well, call. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I cut you off. No, yeah, just with, I, with, with being wise, with yeah. caution, with, yeah, right. we're evaluating things. Nothing we've done so far is just, we think is just the absolute it. Uh, we've just discussed things we're going to work through and fix and combine and whatnot. And so we're not saying that we've just got this exclusive program that's better than anything right. But I love how we're moving. I love what I'm seeing. Yeah, I, yeah I, well, that's, that's exciting, and that's, a, that's encouraging that you know, I think we're, we're in the direction. And, uh, you know, some things, sometimes things speed up and sometimes they slow down. But it, it helps knowing the direction yeah. that you're going. Yeah. And so you're not just aimlessly one, wandering as a ministry. Like, what, what, what are we trying to accomplish? I think, I think we've kind of got our north set, and I think we've uh, – I think uh, – we're unfolding that and people are realizing, okay, this is the direction we're moving now. It, you know, like I said, some things uh, take time I and mean, we didn't expect two, two years of pandemic to hit us, you no, know, we hopefully didn't. we don't have another, uh, you know, any sort of pandemic like that again. But the point is, is that this is a direction and uh, you know, you'll never get there. I mean, I think you make a good point. There are, there's a high percentage that are involved in ministry of some sort. Um, but I think you're always striving to get, not in a legalistic fashion, not in a, not in a making a guilt uh, fashion, but you're always looking to bring. I mean, that, that's just part of what the church does. I mean, just just as you would would a church would a, would a Baptist church ever get to the point where they say, "Yeah, we're satisfied with how many people have received the Lord." No. So why would we be satisfied? With, eh, we're satisfied that there's seventy people, seventy percent. Now, I don't want to make the seventy percent feel. Uh, better bad, than or bad, but better or bad, right? I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to use that. I don't want the thirty percent to feel gilded. I want them no. to. I want, like you said, you're, you're giving them chicken, For, and you're saying you're getting them involved. You're giving them an opportunity, and you're saying, look, if you want, if you want to go get some more. Uh, we've got some more of this for you. For me, Gary, it's just it's um, like I said, we don't want to do legalistic measurements. But for me, it's it's an indication that they actually. This sounds awful the way I'm saying that they actually uh, maybe pull the word actually out of there that they get it. That they get it because let's let's just let me give an example. If you tomorrow couldn't be here in the Dominican Republic anymore for whatever reason, you had to go back to the states, okay? And let's just say to support your family, there was no full time ministry positions available. You just had to work a job. Would that change your philosophy of how you deal with people or how you invest in people? I would venture to say no. Right. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna be like, well, okay, I'm just gonna work this secular job now. Forget ministry because you know I couldn't right. I, I couldn't find a full time position. No, you right. you're probably gonna be talking to the dude in the break room. You're probably right. gonna be talking to your neighbor. You're probably still gonna have relational discipleship type things going on all the time. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because you get it. You know what the big picture is. Are you in a a, a place where you can be in full time ministry and get a, a paycheck from it at that point in life? No, you're not. But that's okay because nothing's really changed. Maybe your hours have changed. Maybe you can't preach or teach during eight to five, but you've got a lot of other things going on and you've got relationships within that that still keep the main thing, the main thing that mm-hmm. that's why I think looking at it is not necessarily a legalistic thing. It's finally showing us, Hey, this is clicking. People are getting it because they see the big picture. Oh yeah. They got their job. Oh yeah. They, they, they're still doing these other things, but guess what? 
at, you know, at their workplace or in, in their job, they're ministering to people one-on-one and that's where it's at. Yeah. And when you see people that are being invited, people that are coming, people that are getting saved, people are getting baptized, people that are joining the, the things that the people that are volunteering. Yeah. Those are all little, I mean, in, in and of themselves, uh, we can, we can maybe err in making uh, something a metric that is a, an end all metric. Uh, but when you take the composite, you can kind of see, hey, look, there, I mean, people are asking these questions. People are asking about uh, Simca. They're wanting to know more. People are taking, I mean, and so, uh, it, you know, some areas are, are maybe stronger than others. But the, when you look at the composite, uh, you, I mean, because if you don't do that, I think you can, you can become a- apathetic and you can just kind of just kind of just operate on cruise control, uh, you know, as a ministry. Right. And so, yes, it's not about, it's not about this numbers. It's not about gilding people into serving. And I think we, we try to do it. Uh, I think we do a good job of trying to protect people's schedules. You know, I think a lot of times people make um, the church activity calendar so full that that as long as those events come off, then it's successful and you're a good church. And it's possible that sometimes you can be filled with events. And events, you know, again, this is another podcast. Events can help accomplish things. There's, there's, you know, there are conferences and there are teaching training seminars. And there are, I mean, we just did something uh, with uh, the deacons this past week as far as teaching deacons, uh, you know, about how to serve and, 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 and talking about some issues, uh, you know, at the church. And then we, before that, we did a small group stuff. Uh, that is technically an event. That's an event. That's a teaching event uh, for that. Um, what I'm saying is, is, we try to be careful not to just fill up the calendar right? because we really want people to have time to balance their lives. They work a lot. Of, they work hard. They have family. We want them to have free time, believe it or not, so that they can do things with their family, but so that they can have organic relations. Out of it. But we don't I think, want it to be over-programmed. Right. And I think that's, again, a good philosophy of ministry on your part on the leadership team. Because there are churches here who are very kingdom driven and the kingdom is the pastor. And as long as you're there worshiping the pastor six days a week, seven days a week at every service, then that his, his, that's his metrics for a successful ministry. The, the church house was full from Sunday to Saturday, but the problem is there's not necessarily maturity. There's no ministry going on outside the church. It's just the chairs are full inside the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The big picture for us is not just bringing them in, but sending them back out. Yeah, because it's I, not about so. me, it's not about you, it's not about because in the end we realize if we stand when when we stand before God, it's not of how many people we got to follow us, it's how many people we got to follow Him. Yeah, and Amen. so that's well. I, uh, let me. We're basically at the end of our time, but just a couple other quick things. We keep talking about short podcasts. We yeah, short podcasts, and then we, <laughs> and we blow it out of the water. Uh, so, Lifehouse Girls Home. You know, they've got a board behind them. Yeah, you know, that's kind of a rough uh, time right now because the kids have are nearing the adult age. Yes, and so they're in, in that. And 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 boy, the it, it's a challenge the way the social services. Uh, mandates that when you hit 18, you can't be kept in the home. You have to leave the home, right. even though the kid might not be graduated with school. And so, I mean, the government is saying no; they have to they have to leave the home when they're 18 because they, you know, they're not allowed to stay in the home. And so, yeah, but there's a they're a junior or they're a sophomore in high school. Doesn't matter; they have to leave the home because they're 18. And it's just like, and so dealing with uh, sort of that, you know, that's not really congruent to a. Um, 
to stability uh, of you know of a teenager who have, has gone through a lot of trauma and a lot of you know so anyway the lifehouse team is working with that i think eventually the the goal will be they will you know have young uh family young girls come back in oh, okay. you know family parents that would come in and and be able to uh you know have many years with with these, with a new group of yeah. people. That, so, you know, that's kind of one of those things that's it's come a long way in structure, um, but they're still having to work in, work through some realities there in the home. Another thing I would just say in general with the, um, uh, well, Gracia and Verdad Sports Ministry, you know, they've had some successful seasons and successful by people participating, volunteers uh, coming. Uh, I know they always need more volunteers, but it's neat to see some of our church people uh, coming out. Uh, Jose Manuel, one of the Venezuelans that uh, has joined the church uh, fairly recently, is also part of our small group. Uh, he coached the winning ba- you know, championship basketball team. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know that he knows a whole lot about basketball, but he was just available. Yep. And he just he just came out there and he was did it and he and he was excited to be about be a part of it. And so uh you know Mark has a good structure of uh, you know of, of of the sports ministry. So, you know, that's exciting to see that and in this last sports season uh Jeffrey and and Melissa stepped up because Mark was in the states and they ran the basketball team. Did a good job too. Yeah, they did. And um yeah, they needed some help and they were they were stretched and they were uh you know, in deep water and, you know, having it all on their shoulders. But, you know, um, the Lord provided for them. They stepped up and and they did, a you know, a great job. And so uh, that's exciting because you can build off of that in the future. Yep. And, and yep. so, you know, when you look at the property, I would say uh, we just recently completed the, the bathrooms, which is going to be a big piece for ministry out on the property. <laughs> yes, uh, very, especially very for women. Yes, that's going to be important. So that was, a, you know, a 30, between thirty and $40,000 project. So uh, that money was raised this year. So that's a praise that that is uh, that that's up and we can now use it and then um uh we've got the villa that we're working on and construction has started again and we're hopefully to get the second floor on and so that'll be a place where we can host groups but beyond groups we'll be able to um you know have small retreats where we have teams in there uh we'll be able to use it even for our own missionaries i mean eventually what we would like to have uh, is to have a pool out back and just have a place. That's one of the things that that you know hit me during the pandemic was our families didn't really have a place to go. Um, me and San Pedro, and, and one pool is not going to make a you know it's probably not going to keep somebody uh, you know from leaving the country. I, I would say, but but there is a sense of ministering to our missionaries too and not just from our team but also around the country yeah. where we could say look i've met a lot of missionaries and national workers that haven't taken a vacation and while i might have my personal thoughts on that as far as you know you need to budget and all this can you need to make that a part of that the reality is is they're telling me you know i just i haven't i, I can't take a time away or i can't i can't afford the two hundred dollars a night to you know to come in and, and to be able to have our own place well yeah we're gonna have to cover our costs we're gonna have to that's gonna have to be sustainable but i know we can do it cheaper than a hotel yeah and, and have people that can be able to can come in and rest and get encouragement. If it's our own missionaries say, "Hey, uh, there's no group out there. Can I? Can I have the pool and the outdoor yeah. facilities? This, you know, with my family? No, it may not. It not may it may not be the uh, end all. But I, but I tell you, a well placed family day in a in a good environment 
uh, can really go a long way. No, I totally agree with it you. It can go yeah. a long way. And yeah, it's not going to fix all problems, but it, it will. And so getting that villa done, and as we go into the new year, that's going to be a point of emphasis for me as far as just trying to line out sponsors so that we can, uh, you know, get that villa finished so people can start using it. So then we, instead of pouring money into hotels, we can pour money back into the property and then eventually getting that pool. I don't know if the pool will get up next year, but. I'd love to be in sometime next year. So yeah. a closing uh, thing is if you, if you know, if we don't have it done by next year, I would highly recommend you schedule a beach trip with the Eastwoods. Um, <laughs> and the reason I tell you that is my, my, my family won't go to the beach unless we go to the Eastwoods because they're guaranteed they will find Maury eels, puffer fish, starfish, um, any other, I think they found a lionfish out there one time. Um, I think so, they're trying to get rid of the lionfish. Are they? Yeah, An invasive so. species. But anyway, right. they yeah, wouldn't have a problem with the, the Eastwoods. They, they, I'm just surprised they haven't been bit, stung, or stuck yet. But anyway, if you want, to, if you, if you know, if you're like a Jeff Corwin or crocodile hunter kind of person, or you know, you coyote, coyote Peterson, go with the Eastwoods. So until we get the pool done. But if you want to sponsor and help for the pool, hey, we'll be yeah, we'll, yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll be glad. But it's, if not, man, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting because there's something that happens on the group dynamic that we can't quite get there yet. Uh, we try to eat meals with the group. We have conversations, but they go back to a hotel that's kind of loud. It's kind of you know you don't have space right yeah you know, to meet. And you know we talk about discipleship. Uh, one of the things that. Uh, I was impacted by actually coming on a trip that my father and mother-in-law, uh, who would become my father and mother-in-law, uh, hosted you know, years and years ago, before I even uh, knew my, who would be my wife. Okay? And in the course of their ministry, they, they've had, uh, I mean, we counted one time, close to 30, that was several years ago, that have come down, been in their home, been in their ministry, that then went off into full-time missions. Yep. Okay, so imagine us having uh, this villa out here where the, the ministry that we do, whatever ministry we do during the day, sets everything up for the evening, for the evening conversations. Yep. Yep. The evening conversations. Now, if you don't have the ministry, the evening conversation is going to be a little shallow because you, you haven't sweated together. You haven't worked together. You haven't bonded together. You haven't been able to see things in the other person's life because you haven't done anything you know but if you've got that ministry it sets it up it's, it's just sort of like talking about uh your wife in in the school her ministry in the school uh really sets up this outside of the school with the same students yeah oh yeah you know for to go on a whole different level and which is where the struggle has been for me because i don't know the kids like she does i mean right. she knows them all by name and so she they they connect with her have major connection with her yeah and so yeah. i think i think the same thing with, with our groups i see a day when uh we have groups out there and we're pouring into them and it's those night conversations that are going to go to a different level yeah. and it's going to be we're going to see people called into mission we're going to see people called into ministry and missions from that villa i know we are yep and i so, agree you know and it, it's just going to be having the atmosphere that's conducive to those conversations that you can't quite get to you know not only that but it allows us to have a little bit more of a home touch because yeah, it's not sure. it's not an issue of safety. They're safe where they're at right. out in Juan Delio. But it's just that that added touch that we can give to them um, and have you know yeah. a place to relax without all the craziness. And not that there's craziness in the hotel. How do I say it? And those uh, and right. the touristy areas are just a lot more traffic and that kind of things. So when yeah, yeah. to be able to isolate them out and have a place where they can just chill and rest and yeah. So you know it, it has been uh, the year has flown by. 
Uh, but I, I just think we're on the move. I think I think you're right. I mean, there's always uh, there's always some things that seem to be accelerated, and other things that are maybe slowed down. But I think that our overall of our ministry, the direction, um, you know, I'm excited about it, and I'm excited about the unity that we have on the team. I think everybody has kind of found their. I mean, coming out of the pandemic, everyone is sort of. Found their niche. Yeah, they found their niche and they, they survived their pandemic. Yeah, and you know what? That's something to be said. I mean, there was a lot. There were a lot of teams around the world, and this is not directed at anybody. But there were a lot of uh, missionaries and teams around the world that went home yep. during the pandemic. Yep. And I, it, you know, that's that's just another that's another private talk or podcast. I don't know, but I'm thankful that uh, you know. The team we've got here has has been through a lot, and and they've been stretched. They had to depend upon the Lord, uh, and uh, you know here we are coming out of that pandemic, and we've got some momentum. And I think we've got street cred with the people because our we, you know again that's not an indictment on anybody else nope. in the other country, but there's street cred because we've been walking this journey with them. That whole thing opened up windows and doors for ministry in Venezuela because we stayed with them. Yeah. So. Well, listen, guys, yep. we, that's the end of your recap. There's some things you can be involved in if you want to. Um, we encourage you, encourage you to contact us um, if you want to be a part of those things. Gary, how do they contact us? Through uh, the website? Yeah, I mean, if you, well, that or just uh, email us or email you or email me. What's your email address? Uh, my email? Excuse me. Uh, G.Hale. Uh, that's G.Hale, H-A-L-E, at dbmi.org. Okay. And mine's real simple. It's Venezuela, the word Venezuela, Jason, J-A-S-O-N, at gmail.com. So you can contact either one of us. If you want to be a part of those projects, we'll point you in the right direction and get you get connected with the projects that uh, need need sponsors. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, guys. Thanks for praying for us. Thanks for being a part of the ministry. Uh, we do what we do because you guys do what you do. And uh, we represent you here. And so thank you so much uh, for being a part of that. If you don't support uh, the ministry and you're, you're listening to the podcast, we, we, you can contact us at either one of those emails. Um, there's not one ministry family here that is 100% supported. So everybody's needing a little bit of, uh, a help. So if you feel burdened to sponsor a missionary family and we always say it doesn't have to be big bucks. It can be 25, $30 a month, or if God leads you more, uh, maybe you're a business owner or something and, and it would be a wonderful write off. Then you can get involved in a higher level. But, uh, I've got people that support me personally for sometimes $20 a month, and uh, we're appreciative of that fact. So uh, contact us if you want to be a part of that. Keep praying for us and excited about our 2023 uh, ministry season. Thanks, guys.